Welcome back to Fearless Talk. It's Hannah Christine. And as always, it is a personal joy to bring encouragement to your day and a unique perspective of Jesus Christ to your life. Before we get started, I'm going to open up in a word of prayer. Father God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. I thank you that when we come before you and have requests that you hear us. And right now, I just ask that your Holy Spirit speaks through me, that you have given me this word to share with these listeners, and I just pray that it hits home with them, that their hearts are opened, that they truly hear the word of God, that their eyes are now able to see, and that they're able to change their lives for to honor you and give you the glory. And we thank you for that. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, everyone. So as I had mentioned, I've been thinking a lot about this week's topic. Um, next week, I'm going to be doing a topic on repentance. A lot of us, I think we, we hear the word, but we really don't understand the gravity of repentance and how it stems in every area of our lives. So today I'm actually going to talk about something that is going to lead up to next week's podcast. And um, first of all, I think we all can agree that God is a God of love, correct? Yes. All right. We're all on the same page. So here's my question to you. What is love? Now, we throw the word around like it's candy. You know, it's all sweet and nice and kind of gives you a little bit of rush. But do we really understand the gravity of what we're saying when we say, I love? All right. Now, this next scripture I'm, I'm going to say, we've all heard it. It is the number one quoted scripture in a wedding ceremony. I'm sure you already have it in your mind. Um, and it's sadly ironic because 50% of marriages in the United States end in divorce or separation. And that, to me, is extremely sad. And I believe it's safe to say that we may know the definition of love, but do we know how to truly implement it into our daily lives? And that's what we're going to discuss today. So as I read this portion of scripture, I want you to picture someone that you say, I love, or I love you, or I love too, okay? So again, love is patient, kind. It does not envy, and it does not boast. Now, boasting means to talk with excessive pride, um, about one's achievements, possessions, or abilities. So again, love does not boast, and love is not proud. Another word for proud would be feeling superiority for one's talents, beauty, wealth, rank, and so forth. So boasting and pride, or being proud, are kind of the same thing, but a little different. Um, so again, love is not proud. Love does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, and is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Those of you who have heard that scripture, that is because it's from 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 through 7. So here's my next question for you. What happens when someone you love hurts you? What about the times that you've been rude? angry or harsh, where you've showed pride or arrogance, where you've, you know, been snippy because you didn't get enough sleep or you just woke up on the wrong side of the bed. What about the times where you're impatient or disrespectful or when you are self-seeking or when you keep records of wrongs by something that someone's done to you or you've done to them? You see, I list all of these because we all know at one time or another that we have not shown love. And we're all guilty of this. And that's why I, and that's what I want us to recognize. I want us to recognize that we have all been guilty of not showing love. And that we're all in need of forgiveness. So what happens when we say that we love someone, 
but our actions show otherwise. Now, at least at first, we'll forgive, you know, you know, second time, well, okay, I'll forgive you again, I'll give you a second chance. But what about the third time? Or the fourth time? Or the fifteenth time? How quickly are we to forgive then? Think about that. How quickly are you to forgive? Um, I grew up where um, you know, you would be like, oh, I'm sorry, do you forgive me? I'm like, yeah, or, oh, you're fine. You know, one thing I started noticing the older I got is when people are like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'd be like, don't worry about it. It's okay. It's fine. First of all, it's not fine and it's not okay. And it's not something that we should just bypass because what it's doing is it's taking somebody who's coming to you humbly and asking for forgiveness. And what we're doing is we're just pushing it aside and saying, it's fine. But deep down, we know it's not fine. And one thing that my sister implements, Hope, she she does this with, with her kids, and I absolutely love the way that she does this. Maybe you guys do this, and I it's just foreign to me because it's not something I'm used to, but when someone, like one of the kids, walks up to another kid and goes, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry, the other kid will say, I forgive you. Because in that moment, you're acknowledging what they've done, and you're not allowing that offense to take root in your heart. Instead, you're addressing the issue and the situation, and it's releasing you and the other person from causing, you know, disunity. And disunity is something that the enemy absolutely loves. He tries to use that moment to, like, to plant a seed. And, and what happens when we plant a seed? It gets watered, and over time, it grows roots, right? And what happens with roots as they grow? As long as that sits there, what happens? The roots get bigger and they spread. And that's exactly what unforgiveness does. It takes root in your heart and it spreads. And before you know it, you're angry, you're bitter, you're irritated, you have resentment towards that person, and that's what takes root. And then over time, it's harder for us to forgive. And it's harder for us to let go of what it is that we're holding on to that we've allowed to take root. Now, I get it. I get it. Forgiveness is a, is a touchy subject, but you know what? There's a lot of touchy subject, subjects, and this is what I'm hitting home with because we all can make excuses. You can sit here and say, you know what, Hannah? You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what's been done to me. You don't know what I've, what I've had to endure. You don't know what they said. You don't know how they treated me. You don't know what I've, what I've gone through, and you're right. I don't. I don't know what you've gone through. I don't know the pain that they have caused you. And I don't know the pain that has been planted in, in, inside you and your heart over these years because of the things that you've gone through. I don't. You're right. And I'm not saying forgiveness is easy. It's not easy. But I will say that forgiveness is freeing to you. It will heal you when you forgive. And it may take time for you to forgive. I get it. I've been there myself, you guys. Believe me, life has not been a cupcake walk either. But I can tell you that when you forgive, it changes your life. And I mean that from a a person who has experienced it and walked through it. Forgiveness heals you. It is so freeing. And I want to drive that home because in Luke chapter 17, verse 3 through 4, it says this. If your brother sins... Rebuke him, which means correct him. If he repents, forgive him. Repent means having sincere regret regret towards what happened. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times comes back to you and says, I repent, 
forgive him. And you're thinking, wow, okay. That's a lot of forgiveness going on right there. And it's, it's true. But why? why? Why are we to forgive? Because here's why. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 15, it says, But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. Now, transgressions are also known as sin against God. So I want us to walk through this, okay? Just walk through this with me. God says, if you love me, all right? Now, when you're a believer and you give your life to Christ, you are a new creation. The old is gone. The old has passed away. You're a new creation, all right? Does that mean you forget the things of the past? No, but it means that you press on towards the goal. It means you look forward. You forget what lies behind and you you look towards the future. You look towards what God has before you. He is who your focus is on, all right? It's not your past. It's not who you were. Your sins are forgiven. You're a new creation in Christ. You move forward in that relationship with him. <clears throat> so let's walk through this. If God says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands, right? One of his commands is to forgive one another. So if you don't forgive, then you're not obeying God's command, which means you're disobeying God. And when we disobey God, we're actually sinning. And what is it that sin does? It separates us from God. Sin drives a wedge between us and God. Now, I get it. Yes, God gave us Jesus who died for our sins. To, and we're forgiven of our sins because of, the, because of Jesus Christ's sacrifice and dying for us. But that does not mean that you get to use his sacrifice as an excuse to sin or to live in sin or to practice sin all right his sacrifice is to lead you to repentance so when we repent or ask for forgiveness but we don't show but we we haven't shown forgiveness to those who deserve it how can we expect to be given forgiveness in return so i'm gonna say that again so when we repent and ask for forgiveness yet have not forgiven those who deserve to be forgiven, how can we expect to be forgiven in return? Think about it. I just want you to just, these are just things I want you to ponder on. Think about. One way to give a clear understanding of this is I want you to read Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 through 35. It's a parable of the unforgiving debtor. We know the stories. If you don't, it's a really great example of what I just said. Um, And I, I just take time to read. Again, it's Matthew chapter 18. Verse 21 through 35. Um, the main reason I say all this is because in the end, at the end of your day, at the end of your life, in the end, our relationship with Christ is the most important thing about our existence. You give your life to Christ, you guys. He's your Lord. He's all that matters. I'm not saying your family doesn't matter, your kids don't matter, but he is your God. He is your number one. He is what matters the most. He is the one we are to honor, we're to glorify, we are to respect, and most definitely obey and love. And when we love someone, we don't want to disappoint them. And we definitely don't want to hurt them. And even when we disobey and disappoint God, what is he so quickly to do? Oh, he forgives us. He forgives us. He forgives us even when we don't deserve it because he loves us. I started this podcast off asking, what is love? What is love to you? I want you to ask yourself that. Is it a feeling? Is love an opinion? Is love depend on the person that you're around or the one that you're talking to? What is love to you? 
I will say this, God is the definition of love. God is love. God always protects. He always trusts. He always hopes. Always perseveres. His love never fails. He is always patient and kind. He's never envious, does not boast, is not proud. He doesn't dishonor. He's not self-seeking, not angered, extremely patient. He is very extremely patient. He keeps no record of wrong. He does not delight in evil, but always rejoices in truth. That is our God who loves you. We may fail him time and time again. And we're going to disappoint him in more ways than one. Yet he still loves you. He desires you. He desires to have a personal relationship with you. And I drive that home because relationship with Jesus Christ is completely opposite of religion. I'm not a religious person. I'm not about religion. I am about relationship. Relationship with Jesus Christ. And his love and kindness leads us to repentance and that is where i'm going to pick up next next week is on repentance and romans 2 4 it even says that his love and his kindness leads us to repentance and god tells us in acts chapter 3 verse 19 repent then and turn to god so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the lord As I mentioned before, forgiveness towards others heals you spiritually. It heals your heart. God wants to heal your heart and to give you freedom. But you have to be willing to forgive and to give the offenses from others to God. Don't let that root get any bigger, you guys. Don't build up any more walls. Don't take offense towards anything. Let him deal with them. Let God take care of them. Right now, he wants to do a work in your heart. Right now, he wants to heal you. Take time either tonight or this weekend and ask God to search your heart. To show you if there's any unforgiveness that has taken root and let him remove it. Allow God to take ownership of your heart. Not the anger. Not the hurt. Not the bitterness or the hatred, but his true, genuine love that will heal and refresh your soul. Let him take control. Let him have it. I'm going to go ahead and end in prayer. Um, Until next time, happy Friday, y'all. God, I just thank you. I thank you so much that you give us your word as direction, that it comforts our hearts, our minds, and our souls, that we're able to be convicted of the things that we need to change personally and that you're so sweet and patient with us. I thank you that as you are healing hearts tonight, that you help us to forgive. You help us to move forward, keeping our eyes on you. May your spirit continually guide us and lead us. May we recognize you in all that we do and give you the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.